we're coming up on the holidays. And since it happened on Christmas Day, it's something that I've been kind of dreading, to be honest, to come into the holidays. And my daughter has too. It was hard for us because the minute he had a stroke, it was like Christmas was completely over for us. Like in that moment, Christmas was done. And even like looking around, seeing the Christmas trees, seeing our house all decorated, it was very, very difficult to see. And I don't want to have that feeling like associated with Christmas, associate something terrible. So (laughs) we're trying to work through that. And we initially, my daughter and I were like, yeah, we're not going to decorate for Christmas. But now as we're getting closer, I'm like, you know what, we are. Heck yeah, we're going to decorate for Christmas. Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams. I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and in some cases, in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, and who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi, welcome to Aging in Style. I'm so glad you have tuned in today, and I have kind of a different show for you. Um, This is just a real personal podcast where I'm just going to update y'all on my husband, Mark. And if you follow along on the podcast, then you know that my husband of 33 years, Mark, had a stroke on Christmas Day, which led to what's called a stroke shower, series of strokes, and he ended up having four strokes, unfortunately. So this year has been, you know, nothing like my family and I could ever have anticipated. This is sort of like your one of those worst case catastrophe times and it's been hard, but we have all stuck together and we're getting through it. And so I just wanted to give you the update on Mark. So again, if you followed along, he had his strokes in December, December 25th. Had a total of four strokes and went through two hospitals, two rehabs. The last rehab he was in for six months. He came home in July, and that was a bit of an adjustment. Took about a month, and I realized I need help. (laughs) So I brought a caregiver in who helps me three days a week. She comes in and helps with showering. And it's been a process of getting my house ready, all these things that you don't think of when you bring someone home who is handicapped and in a wheelchair. And so to give you a little little more insight, if you haven't been following along, is that his stroke occurred on the left side of his brain. And so when you have a stroke on the left side, it affects your right side. And it hit his communication center. So his speech and communication are very much impacted. And his right side is as well. He has no movement of his right arm. Some feeling is coming back, though. And he has some movement that has come back in his right leg, which we're very excited about. He can walk some, but he's primarily in a wheelchair. He still goes to rehab, which, again, so very thankful for insurance and praying that they continue to pay for his rehab. He goes to an outpatient neuro program where he goes five days a week. And I just changed him to a new rehab. And I was going to talk a little bit about that too. So we are over 10 months into this journey, which in some ways feels like an eternity. 
and in some ways feels like it just happened yesterday. We're coming up on the holidays, and since it happened on Christmas Day, it's something that I've been kind of dreading, to be honest, to come into the holidays, and my daughter has too. It was hard for us because the minute he had a stroke, it was like Christmas was completely over for us, like in that moment, Christmas was done. And even like looking around, seeing the Christmas trees, seeing our house all decorated, it was very, very difficult to see. And I don't want to have that feeling like associated with Christmas, associate something terrible. So (laughs) we're trying to work through that. And we initially, my daughter and I were like, yeah, we're not going to decorate for Christmas. But now as we're getting closer, I'm like, you know what? We are. Heck yeah, we're going to decorate for Christmas because I, I love Christmas. It's not... It's it's unfortunate that this happened at all, but that it happened on Christmas, it does make it a little more difficult. So I have decided that I am going to decorate my house, maybe not as crazy Christmas trees everywhere in my house like I normally do, but I am going to decorate. And I went to the grocery last weekend and I walked in, it's a nice grocery market street here near my house, and I walk in and boom, it's like I walked into a Christmas wonderland. You know, it smelled like Christmas. There's Christmas decorations everywhere, Christmas music playing. And it did for a moment. I did have that feeling of, ugh, which it it just upsets me so much that I even have that feeling. Because I, like I said, I love Christmas. I love all the holidays. But it just kind of took me back to those moments of through, once Mark had a stroke, it was like, it was cold outside. Now it's getting kind of cold here now, and it just sort of is like a little bit triggering. And so when I walked in, it was a little chilly in the air, and I walk in, I smell Christmas, and it just kind of brought me back to all those days and weeks and months of hospitals and rehabs and everything. But I'm pushing through, and we are going to enjoy Christmas. The other thing, other update is, like I said, we decided to move him to a different rehab. And I think it's really important for for anyone who is a caregiver for a loved one. If something's not working, don't be afraid to make a change. And of course, I'm in a, you know, a different position in that I know people who work in healthcare and in senior living, and I've had some really incredible resources and people to talk to and get their opinions and, you know, have them help me out on figuring out next steps for Mark. And that's been been wonderful. And I'm so beyond thankful for that. But, you know, I just kind of had a gut feeling where he was wasn't the right place anymore. I didn't think the communication was what it should be. And you need to have great communication, especially when your loved one can't communicate well. So that was really important to me. And so I narrowed it down, went to visit and decided on this other rehab for my husband. And so because even though his speech is very difficult, I did include him in it and I got his buy-in. I took him to visit it. I talked to him, do you want to do this? And he said, yes. And so we moved him to this new rehab and he loves it. He Again, he goes five days a week. He's only there for four hours. They provide transportation and Hopefully, our insurance will continue to pay it for a long, long time because he is working so hard to get better and having the right attitude and being motivated. That's what you need to get better. And he has all of that. So I'm really 
really proud of him. I had a meeting last week to talk about goals and stuff, and they were all, all of his therapists were telling me that he's an ideal patient. He is hardworking. He's really driven. And I was just so proud of him. (laughs) So he is doing everything he can to get better. Other thing I wanted to talk about was being as a caregiver, how important it is I have found to really make sure you stick to a routine. And we have a great routine going here. He gets up pretty much the same time every morning. I help him to get dressed, fix his breakfast, help him with his meds. So, you know, there's a lot that I'm doing to assist him at this point. Um, Hopefully, it won't be like this forever. Hopefully, he'll be able to take over some of these things on his own as he continues to rehab. But it's super important to have a good routine. And when he comes home from rehab, he likes to go to the family room. We have a nice big TV and he watches golf and he's super happy. He sits there with our golden retriever, Sadie, who is, I think, maybe the love of his life. <laughs> She's He's definitely the love of her life. And he has a great routine and we stick with that, you know, getting up the same time, going to bed the same time, making sure he's getting enough rest. And that's important. The other thing is, and I talk about this all the time in the podcast, is having purpose. And we talk about everyone needing a purpose. Well, I don't know why I wasn't really thinking, you know, about purpose for my own husband. But something kind of changed. I noticed something this weekend. I was in the other room folding laundry because does laundry ever end? No, it doesn't. So (laughs) I was folding a mountain of laundry and I heard our dog Sadie, she has a little bell on the back door that she rings when she needs to go out to the to go to the bathroom. And I heard Mark talk to her and I kind of hesitated just to sort of see what what is he going to do? And then I heard him getting from his chair and this is, you know, this takes some effort, but I I figured he would call me if he wanted me to come and let her out. But I heard him talking to her and he went from his chair's recliner to his wheelchair. I heard the back door open. I could hear him talking to her. So he put her out, brought her in and gave her a treat and then went back to his recliner. And when he was done, I walked out and I said, did you just let Sadie out? And he had the biggest smile on his face and was so proud of himself. And he said, yes. And so it made me realize, you know what? he needs a purpose and Sadie is his purpose. And it's so funny. Like I I know these things and talk about these things. And then here I am not relating this to my own current situation. So um, now Mark is helping take care of Sadie, which is wonderful. And Mark, I mean, his big, his top three things, I was thinking about this, his, his loves right now, he has interest still, but his, his big love, of course, is Sadie. Second is football. The man is obsessed with football like he has never been. So we've got, you know, professional games, college games. We've got Cowboys are his team. So there's a lot of excitement there. And also LSU Tigers are his teams. And golf. He's obsessed with golf now, too. So there's always sports on in this house. (laughs) And coffee. Starbucks coffee is his other obsession. So he has found a way to communicate to me that he needs a coffee. And when he does, I go and get him a Starbucks. What is it? A venti pike. And I don't drink coffee, but my goodness, it smells, it smells good, but it smells really strong. But that is his, his coffee of choice. 
So other things that are kind of going on throughout this year, I would say kind of one of the words of the year might be pivot, (laughs) because we have had to sort of pivot on a lot of things and change directions. And it's a lot of things, you know, within our family, we've had to make changes. My, our son, Chris, has been a rock star. He's 27. He has pretty much, I would say, turned his life upside down to be here to help. And, you know, I tell him often how much I appreciate him and that, you know, you don't need to give your life up for dad. You know, I mean, I appreciate all that he's doing, but he said this is where he wants to be and he wants to be here helping and and caring for his dad. So he goes to work at night and then he and I have a have a nice routine where if I'm working, he's here with him and and we just kind of tag team really well. So that's been like such a big blessing. Also, last year I had announced that I was writing a book about senior living, about everything that we talked about on the podcast because I thought this is a great way to educate people and we're going to take a lot of the stuff that we've shared throughout, you know, all the 160 plus podcast and share that into a book. But that got put on hold, obviously. And I came back to it in the summer and I was trying to work on it. I just couldn't like get into it. And all of a sudden it sort of hit me, you need to write about the stroke. And so that is what I'm doing. And when I finally felt like you know, you kind of think things through a lot, and but I wasn't writing anything down. Well, last week I started writing, and every night I am writing, and I'm writing the whole story of what happened. It's very therapeutic to kind of get it out because there's a lot of stuff I've not shared, and there's some stuff I won't share that, and there's some things that I honestly I just can't even remember exactly, which is probably a good thing because it was you know pretty awful. But I feel like I've learned so much this year that can help other people who are on this journey, whether it be a stroke or something else where you're tossed into the role of a caregiver and having to navigate through the healthcare system and insurance and just to know what resources are available. And then also to know that other people are out there going through the same thing you are. So that was my big pivot is the book. And I'm excited about it. I hope to finish it. My goal is to finish writing it by the end of November, that could be kind of a crazy goal. But you know, that that's what I've set for myself is that um, that goal to finish writing it. And you know, the kind of the last thing I want to say on this update about Mark, and I mean, it's not just about Mark, it's an update about my whole family about how all of us have adapted and done our best to step up and get through a pretty awful time. And I would say that we've learned a lot through this, learned a lot about ourselves. We've really come together as a family to support one another. But for me personally, something I've I've learned is that I've you know I've worked in senior living for 17 years. I've counseled people on being caregivers and listened to their stories, listened to them cry, I had extreme empathy for what they were going through. But until you are a caregiver and have walked in the shoes of a caregiver, you have no idea, no idea what it feels like. And so I would say through this experience, it has made me a better person, a better, more caring person, and someone who can better understand 
when I'm talking to a family and helping a family, I get it. I understand exactly where they are, exactly how they feel. And I just, I feel like that's what's come out of this for me when I look for a positive, because I I do think it's important to look for a positive, even in the worst of situations. And for me, that's, that's what it is. I think that I'm, I'm better at the work that I do, just a better person for it. So that's what I wanted to share. If you're a praying person, please continue to keep Mark in your prayers that he continues to get strength back in his legs so that he can walk more independently and that his speech, he wants his arm to come back. That's most important for him, for his hand to be able to use his right hand. I want his speech to come back and to be able to communicate so I can understand him. I He's very frustrated at times, which I totally understand. I can't imagine what it would be like to try to communicate and it not come out what you're trying to say. Strokes stink. <laughs> you know, I don't advise them at all. I give this experience zero stars, but it's a, a long journey to get better, to recover from a stroke. And it's tough. It really is. So that's what I wanted to share. And I appreciate all of you and everyone who asked me how Mark's doing. I probably get asked that many times a day. How's Mark? <laughs> and, and Mark is doing good. He is doing good. And we appreciate everyone who, um, who sends us their well wishes and thinks about us. So thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to share the podcast with your friends and family. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. 